Hey everybody, this your girl Donna D, aka the Urban Mommy, and I am back with another podcast. So I hope you all, y'all already could see, ain't no surprise. I'm a little excited, so I gotta, you know, maintain. But as y'all see, I have a, a superstar right here, Mr. Mina. How he, how he likes to say, one half of PNC. One half of partners in crime. <laughs> all right, so can you introduce yourself? I have a lot of viewers that aren't from New Orleans. And, well, I know you, you, you nationwide, but I do have some people that's in like Australia and other places. So tell them who you are. Well, um, I'm Mr. Mean. I'm one half for the group Partners of Crime uh, um, from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, been in the business over 30 plus years. Uh, and, and did a lot of things. Traveled the whole world pretty much. Uh, I've been signed to Juvenile at one time. I toured with Mr. Crew a lot. And uh, I was a part of rap a lot. Uh, I, was, I had a situation at least with rap a lot. So like I said, I've worked with a ton of different artists, uh, especially from New Orleans. And um, I'm, I'm honored just to, to be here actually, you know what I'm saying? So. All right, so y'all, he being a little modest, like for real, like we here because we talking about his book. So he does have a book that's out. It's called yep. Untold, the Untold, the Story of an Unknown Legend. So, do mm-hmm. really a legend. I, I remember. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna tell y'all a quick little story. I sent him a message about coming on the podcast, and mm-hmm. I was so excited because I got a message like early in the morning, and it, it said Michael. It said your name, and I was like Michael Patterson. And I ain't gonna lie, I kind of. I was so. I'm not gonna. Lie, I was so excited. So the people probably could see I am excited, but I did go on YouTube. I didn't watch almost all the videos so i'm mm. all up to date but right. we have to talk about we're going to talk a little bit about new orleans and we're going to talk about your book the book is good i have been reading it's a lot but it's good but let's get started all right so going back <laughs> to new orleans you know i gotta calm down a little bit can you tell me you talk a lot about clubs and stuff in the book so can you tell me what's your favorite if you could pick i'm gonna say three three clubs all-time favorite from new orleans what's what's your top three clubs uh, okay, it would have to be Whispers, uh, Rumors, and Club 49. Where's Club 49? Club 49 is uptown, like, off of Barone, um, right, not too far from the Melford Main Project, like, you know, so it's, it's like ducked off. It was, like, down the street from the Detour, so the Detour in 49 was, like, a block apart, so you could walk, you go to 49, and you can go to Detour. And Detour was on Martin Luther King, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it, it was it was one of them little cuts, alley type cuts, you know. But uh, I was familiar with the area, and uh, I, I don't know. I like I love ratchet spots. <laughs> I, I, I love hood spots, and um, I don't know. It's just like that's the that's the grit of the people. That's the core of the city. You know what I'm saying? Like that's anywhere I go. Uh, I just love I just love the hood. I think the hood is the trend of that city, it's the culture of that city. You know what I'm saying? So um, so it ain't, it don't even be about the violence or the danger that you're into. It's just like the mentality of the people, the vibe of the people. You know, that's usually the true culture of that city if you can get in with them or get embedded with them. So uh, 49 was one of the first clubs that I actually touched the mic on. And um, I wish we could have said full club because I like the Big Easy too, but uh, 49 was one of those clubs that gave me my first shot at touching the mic. And uh, Whispers, that's that's like, that was just the best club I ever been to, like for us in the city of New Orleans. The, the, everybody who was everybody was in there. Uh, I just liked the vibe, the energy of it. Uh, it was, it, you know, it wasn't really upscale, but it was like, you still had the, still had to put on some of your best things, to, you know, best dreads to come through there. So that, that was a nice spot. And Club Room, was, it was in the ninth ward. And um, it, 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 I liked the essence of it. I just loved the vibe. It was one of them gritty spots as well. So uh, Club 49 is an uptown club, but Club uh, Rumors is a downtown club. So you can get the feel of both of them by being in those type of environments. You could feel like what it feel like to be with the downtown environment as well as you know, when you go uptown or uptown thing. Yeah, so that's that's the clubs I really love. And where is Whispers? Where was that? Whispers was on Lake Forest. That, that was like uh, on Lake I know Forest that. right off. By that church. I mean, by that church where they got that church now. We shop on a Sunday straight to uh, Club Whispers. So it was like this late thing. Then you hit the daiquiri shop. 
from the daiquiri shop to to to, to uh, whisper. So it was like this little, almost like a ritual. Like gotta do this, gotta do that, and we're gonna end up right here. So it was that type right. of vibe, that type of love. All right. So I also noticed in a book. I'm gonna be jumping around because I just I was just writing so many questions. I'm gonna be jumping around a little bit. So you okay. talk a lot about the gong shows. Now I'm a little bit younger, so I don't know, but I know what a gong show. But where those, where where were they? The gong shows were at uh, various clubs. Like so, diff, uh, Bobby Morrison is like the. Hold on, let me put this torture in here because I don't want to go out on you. For the, I mean, uh, the gong shows is like they, they're done in, in various locations. So uh, it was this guy by the name of Bobby Marchand. You know what I'm saying? He was like into, he was like a musician himself. And uh, as he got up in age, he started like uh, putting talent on. So he started this thing called, uh, uh, you know, the gong show, the Bobby Marchand gong show. And it's more like the Apollo. So it's like you come on, people can boo you, cheer you on, like things of that level. And um, the winner wins a reward, like, you know, like like, like a cash-like prize. And then they get to come back next week to, to regain their little throne or title like that. And it was helping artists get recognized as, uh, you know, people starting to know you from that. Because they'll come to the gong show and then they'll get familiar with who you are by either winning it or just participating in it throughout the, the times. So it, it was various spots. It wasn't like it was just one spot you can go to for the gong show. It's, it's wherever... Bobby Marchand wanted to throw his gong show that particular time. That's where it'll be at. So it was at various clubs throughout the city. Okay. And like reading your book, that was kind of one of the ways that you kind of got heard. You would right. go to those gong shows. You were actually winning a lot of them. Yeah. So it's like, I, you know, I, I lost the first. Well, I was winning the gong shows probably by myself. But uh, like they, they started this other thing called, uh, it was like a, a bunch of people had it. Cash Money had the night. Big Boy Records had got the night. But prior to that, it was like an open mic night that they used to do at the Big Easy. So they had took the formula from what, uh, it was more like a, we call it the gong show, but it was like, it was off the same spin of the gong show. It was like almost what they call not open mic night where, where anybody can get on the mic and rap. And um, you can still get booed and things of that nature. And they had a cash prize for theirs as well. So I was in the Big Easy, uh, like, you know, what we would call a gong show, but it was an open mic. And uh, I was winning that, um, you know, consistently before I met Kango. And uh, when we first went to do the Bobby Marchand show together, that was the show that we actually lost. You know, because first of all, we was nervous. Uh, that was like a little step up Bobby Marchand name. Like he had all the big, big, big wigs in it. So you compete not only with your peers, you're competing with, Willie O'Dell, uh, uh, guy that's singing, you know, the Lenny song. And, you know, just like these real vocalists, like people that was really talented. So, uh, and they had been doing it for years prior to us even knowing about it. So you had to compete with them. So like when we first entered Bobby Marchand thing, we kind of lost that one due, due to us being nervous. That was Kango's first time ever being in a, in, in a club setting because he was much younger at the time to even get in the club. And uh, so we was, you know, all those jitters kind of like set us back. But from that point on, we just never looked back. You know what I'm saying? And it was like on from that point on. Like we, we never lost any one of them again. Like, you know, any talent show, any gong show, any open mic we, we entered, we wound up winning because we kind of worked on our craft prior to going to the gong shows. We had to get chemistry first. You know what I'm saying? Right. So with me doing it by myself, I knew what I'd do. It, you know, but me and Kango had to build a chemistry. So once we got our chemistry understood and we hit the mic from that point on, it was on, you know? Right. And also, I mean, what I've noticed just from watching y'all from from little to even t to everything, y'all two are so close. And it's it's crazy that after I read the, read the book and actually like the interview too, when you told me how y'all met, you would really think that y'all been best friends forever. Y'all had literally just met and y'all was locked in. Right, right, right. It was more like... Uh, you know, like I'm four years older than Kango. So, you know, uh, you know, it's like me being 18 years old. I don't, I couldn't hang with a 14 year old, you know, like, you know, we, we into two different things. I'm, 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 I'm exiting school. He's just entering high school, you know? So, uh, that was like a little different thing for me. But what I did recognize in Kango early was that he was like super talented. Like, you know what I'm saying? From the first time I heard him, I was like, man, this kid got, melody you know and he didn't write raps he just everything was in his head so i was like amazed by that whole little thing and i was always like uh i always had mentor type of skills like meaning i always like wanted to help the the, the younger man like you know what i'm saying like 
don't have to go through some of the things that we go through. So, you know, when I met him, I was almost like, man, with your talent and my know-how, I think we can we can do something. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I I was, you know, I could rap. I was I, I was fairly decent, but he was like he was like superb. Like you know what I'm saying? When it came down to a skill level, so but I I, I had vision. I was like a, a, a guy that could put things together. I could see how I can go. I could you know I I, I don't know. I just had a talent with with talent, meaning like I knew what was good, I knew what was needed, I knew what needed to be added, I knew how to, uh, you know, get things to project a certain way, uh, what we had to do to get that thing to project that way, so that's what made a good marriage between me and Kango, so once we locked in on the level of like, the like, like seeing how dedicated he was to music as well as I was, then that made it happen. I think something happened with Kango where he got put out of high school for fighting or something like that, and then that's when I really took him under the wing. I was in college, I used to just like take my call, come roll with me. You know, I just kind of kept him under my wing then because, you know, I don't mind it's a devil's playground. So right. if, he, if he's just out there just doing whatever without no kind of guidance or big brother or leadership like that, you know, he could have went, you know, it could have been destructive for him. So I just like took him with me. You ain't doing that, bro. Come to school with me. You know what I'm saying? And I just had him hanging around me until we developed a certain kind of bond that was just unbreakable to the day, you know? Right. And something else that, you made me think about like a lot of people may not know this and a lot of times our rappers and our artists they actually they're very smart like you actually went to college you went to southern university yep i went to southern i went to, first i went to delgado then i went to southern and bad Rouge, and i came home and i went to suno and uh and i love college i was i thought i was gonna be a career student you know what i'm saying because i was the type of guy that i went to school for knowledge not really for a degree so, right. and what I mean by that is this, like I changed my major every semester just because I was inquisitive and wanted to know about something. I was like, I wonder how this like work or, you know, so I just, I, 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 my next, the next semester, the next year, I'm taking some classes on that because I was just more wanting to be educated on something that I was inquisitive about or something that I wanted to know. So it wasn't, I, 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 I don't think I never really had a focus of doing anything for us to, to get a degree, but I was in college to kind of get as much knowledge as I could pretty, you know, obtain, like, you know. Right. And I saw you had a part in there. It was kind of funny when you were talking about the band director. They called y'all to the front and they say where y'all was from. And then when they saw y'all goals, they was like, we already know. But he told you, we're going to let you perform, but don't open your mouth. So did you get, did you, did y'all actually get to perform? Well, what happened was I wanted to get, like, in, in reading the book, you saw that I came, I came you home left. one time for one of those, uh, I left school for a minute. To come home on one of those breaks like one of them times where we didn't have to march and i came home so in the mix of coming home i, I was kind of broken college i was it was kind of struggling i'm the first kid to go to college in my family so i had nobody to tell me how, how you know what college was about like i said i'm a i'm a kind of person that just want to experience stuff so i just go for it right so i go out there i'm struggling i don't have no money and i'm not used to not having or being in position of not having because I've worked on these things all my life to kind of put money in my pocket. So I'm like feeling that. So I come home, can't go give me a thousand dollars. When he gave me a thousand dollars, I said, man, I'm, I, I got to get back to the money. So I withdrew from college in that semester at Southern. I think I went to Southern for like a half a year, uh, a half a semester. And then when I came home on that break, so I didn't get to do Bayou Classic and all those things that Doc had promised me that we was going to do. But the mm -hmm. band did wind up playing our music for those events. Like they wanna play and pump the party on the field a whole nine because by that time we had released the song and um they wound up playing it. Like, you know, Southern and Grambling played it for the Bayou Classic. They both did it. Like so uh that was that was respect and that was love, but I, I didn't get to go do the performance because I had withdrew from school due to, you know, financial issues. I need I needed money so I can't. Yeah, right. And right. and they, they may not know but you you a hustler you've been a hustler like you always been doing stuff to make money so i under i completely get that like i'm telling you i learned so much that's why it's important for y'all like you know that's why we really talking about the book because like you learn so much about you like i have so much respect like now i tell my cousin she love y'all she said well, i'm gonna have pnc at my wedding like every time we see y'all we went to the um what y'all just did the gentilly fest we did the gentilly fest when uh -huh. y'all was there but right. you you was you was actually at swagman being a cashier Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked at Swagman. I was a cashier uh, prior to Swagman. I worked at Win Dixie. I was a stock clerk. You know, uh, I, I worked. You know, like I, I'm, 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 I'm older. Like I'm not like the 
I'm not, I don't come from the younger generation where work is like not something that we do. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and I told my head to the young people because they more have an entrepreneurial mindset. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we, we was, we was programmed and that's what I'm gonna call it because that's what was, uh, you know, introduced to us and, and, and forced on us was get a job, work, you know what I'm saying? So all, all I knew is like, if I want, you know, you don't work, you don't eat. So that was the mindset, that was the mentality in the mix of hustling because we, I think we was the generation that was breaking out from the slavery type mentality of work, 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 you know? Uh, you know, we was more like, man, I gotta try to make me some money. So we we was more into working, but still hustling to try to to get away from work, you know? And then this generation that we have now, they just like, we don't work, we just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, we, we, we want a lot of money and the job ain't gonna give it to us fast enough. So I totally understand it, you know what I'm saying? But the era I come up in, work was something that was, you know, that you had to do to kind of like, you know, put money in your pocket. So that's what I, that's what I chose to do, you know? Right, and you was literally making deals in the line. Like the rappers was coming meet you in line, like come get me. Come, come holler at me when you get off your shift type stuff. Yeah, so that's how I got uh, that's how I got put on with Big Boy Records, Sporty T. It actually came from what we talked about earlier, me being in one of those talent uh, open mic thing, gong show settings, and um, I had wound up beating Sporty T in it, uh, mainly because I already had a following there, like meaning like the people already knew me there, like from doing it every week, and the week that he entered, it was no difference. It was like, uh, that was my crowd. So they kind of still rooted me on, I won. So that made Sporty pay attention to me and kind of recognize me like, damn dude was nice. He had the crowd rolling with him. So he came in Swagman one day and uh, he saw me and he was like, hey, bring to the dude that was rapping, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in Big Easy. I'm like, yeah, like what time you get off? I'm like four o'clock. He was like, I'm gonna be back. Man of his word, he was sitting out, you know, he came, I'm sitting outside, came, got me, we talked. And it was, it was it was curtains from there because uh, he introduced me to Chuck, and um, Chuck didn't like me in the beginning. But once Chuck saw us get down, it was like, hey, you know what I'm saying? The deal was already on the table. So, you know that this sport is sticking with me and not giving up on me, uh, you know, because of what he believed in. And that's the same, you know, you learn from the people that's like older than you or, 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 or taught you something. So. From what he taught me, that's that's how it was with me with artists. That's why I deal with artists the way I deal with them because somebody dealt with me and, and believed in me. So, you know, I know I wouldn't be where I'm at or, or close to where I'm at if, if I didn't have somebody that believed in me the same way. So that's what I try to give back to artists of, of this generation, like an opportunity to, you know, with my know-how, look, bro, I could probably help you this way. I could turn you on to this. So, you know, trying to just try to offer them that opportunity that was offered to me when I first entered the game, you know? Right. And you say some in the book, you talk about how they were trying to make y'all like y'all was just a bounce team, but they was kind of showing attention to the other people. So like, is there like a stigma or something that comes with bounce artists or something? Yeah, but, I, but you know, if you, if you know anything about New Orleans and you know about the sound of bounce, you get put in a box, uh, you know? So what, what they was doing at Big Boy Records, see, it, it, Chuck wanted his label to be known for like a dead row. So he had like the, the G Slims, the Black Menace, the Mysticals, the Ghetto Twins. He had like a, a he wanted his he wanted his label to be gangster rap. Now even though we was doing bounce, we wasn't doing no P-pop type bounce as much. We right. was kind of talking raw stuff just like the, the gangster rappers. We just was doing it over a bounce vibe because that's the culture of New Orleans. That's what that's what was winning in the clubs. So uh, we just rapped. We just did what we would do on a gangster beat, on a bounce beat, and you know was doing our thing that way. But he still considered it as bounce because of the sound of it. So uh, they just say, you know, this gonna be the boot camp click, and y'all gonna be the bounce squad. I didn't like that because the guys that he had in the boot camp click was my partners that respected me as a man, like a, a, a little, you know, little dude with heart and about his business, like, you know what I'm saying? Right. They, did, they never separated me. So for the label uh, CEO to, to try to separate us, I felt like he looked at less, he looked at, at me as less than the guys that respect me as more than what you see me as, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't like that. And um, that that was like some of the little risks that I had with the CEO out the gate because I saw that he was trying to divide us 
but still use us because we was the ones making the most money for the label. Meaning we dropped the most projects on that particular label and we was the one bringing in the bread faster than anybody because you didn't have to put as much into us that you had to put into the other artists to actually get a return on your money. So no, don't treat me like that if you already know that like, you need me. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, right. I want the same respect that you get these guys especially when you know that we making the bread for you like you see what i'm saying so that was that was my argument that was like some of the riffs that i had with the ceo at the time you know but rest in peace to chuck because i got a lot of respect for him and a lot of love right right rest in peace definitely um so another thing you also had the opportunity to go in front cash money master p now so you've you've kind of went with all the kind of had relationships with all the big groups in the city yeah, I, I've, I've messed with both labels. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I first was offered a deal. Before I was offered a deal with Big Boy Records, I was offered a deal with Cash Money Records. Uh, you know, like I said in the book, I give all the details about how that particular situation went. But just to put it all in a nutshell, you know, me and Baby ain't too far in age. Like, you know what I'm saying? I might look much younger than him or, you know, whatever. But me and Baby not too far in, in, in age. I think he's about maybe two, three years older than me. So with that being said, I have respect for any anybody, especially anybody older, even equal. I, I got respect for a bum. But at the end of the day, I just felt like me and Baby was going to bump heads with my personality and attitude at the time, his personality and attitude at the time. I just felt like that was like fusing. That's like a little time bomb just waiting to explode. You know what I'm saying? Because he stood on his business the way he moved, but I stood on my business the way I move. And I'm the type of person that... I when I get beat the, the hell out of, I'm I, I'm gonna speak my mind. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna say what I think it is. I'm gonna voice my opinion if I feel like I don't like how things going. I'm gonna speak. I'm gonna speak on it. So I just felt like you know I don't think I could deal with that. Like you know what I'm saying? So I, I gave Kango the option to still deal with them. You know he chose to ride with me because he felt like he came in the game with me, and that's where we went at. The thing with Master P was. Master P offered us an opportunity to come to Richmond, do a song for Down South Hustlers. We actually, it was with C Murder. So we was going out there to work with C Murder. We did the song. P wasn't on the song yet. He finally get, finally got on the song. and But he promised us a certain amount of money. I speak about how much money it was in the book and, and details of that level. And then, you know, he, 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 he just went ghost on me. So when we do bump heads, you know what I'm saying? You know, just like any other man, you're gonna ask about your bread. And all for that, you know, with these guys being the moguls that they all there was even they were they weren't even a mogul yet, but there was the, the mogul to become. They still had the mentality of that mogul because that's who they are, that's what got them there. You know, P had his ways, I got my ways, you know, <laughs> we bump heads, like you know what I'm saying? So things didn't go right. But like I said, in the book, you know, I give you all the details. You got the book, so you kind of know that we go into it, and then you'll see you know, what what kind of beef I really had. You know, I ain't gonna even say beef, I'm just gonna say differences with with Baby and and differences with Master P. So, part of the crime, like, you know, was, I would say we, we rival with two of the biggest moguls in hip hop. And that's what people don't be understanding. Like, you know what I'm saying? We had beef with, or we had differences with two of the biggest moguls that they got in hip hop. And both of those moguls respect us as men at the end of the day. I can still talk to Babe, I can still talk to Master P. I look him in the eyes, they look me in my eyes, the handshakes are firm, and in, in, in each other's presence is respect on both sides. So that's all I stand for, I give it, and I just make, you know, I just wanna make sure it come back in return. So that's what we had in, in this day and time, but it's, it's no problem, no, 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 no real animosity with those brothers at all, you know? Right, I noticed that throughout the entire book, like almost no matter what situation go on, you have like a gift. I don't even know if you noticed it, but you have a gift to kind of see the good in a lot of stuff. You kind of even, even watch you on the podcast. We're going to talk about that later, but you kind of like the optimist. So you always find the, the you the level head person. Like, even though you have a little a shocking, little feisty career when you was young, a little fighter, but you're right. very like optimistic and you kind of, you like kind of like the peacemaker. You kind of keep it level headed. And you, 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 you want your respect and you get it. Right. It's, it's, it's like, I, you know, like, like I say in a book, you know, I kind of give people understanding on why I'm that way. So you read that part of the book so you can kind of understand, like, I have no big brother, I had no father figure. You know what I'm saying? So I come up in a project, I come up in some of the harshest environments in New Orleans, and it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, 
it's 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 like I either I'm gonna stand for something or I'm gonna you know or I'm gonna be you know what I'm saying I'm gonna fall for anything. Like at the end of the day, you know, it's it's it's, it's, it's sink or swim. So I had to swim to to get my way out of some of the things that I went through. So I fought a lot. You know, I'm a light skinned guy. I'm a small guy. So I have the Napoleon complex because I feel like everybody's always trying to play on the light-skinned small guy. You know what I'm saying? So that's where the feisty attitude comes from. And, you know, but in the same on the same token, I was raised by a great mother that instilled in me, you know what I'm saying? Like some 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 great principles about being a good person. You know what I'm saying? So I was raised by good people. I, I was surrounded by good people as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even the people that I picked as a mentor, because they didn't know that they mentored me. I just liked the, the character of these people. And then I took something from them and it became a part of me. So, uh, and I was always like a fair cat. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know, I was just fair from from beginning, but I was, I was taught to be fair out the gate. You know what I'm saying? My mama made me stand on the fair side of every, everything. Like, if you was wrong, that's what you get. If, you know, like, like I was raised that way. So, you know, if that's a part of you, you know what I'm saying, as you go out throughout life, you just try to find, you know, the 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 the, 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 the most positive side. I'm an optimistic person. I'm, I'm not pessimistic, you know what I'm saying? So with being that way, you know, the optimistic people always get the rough end of the stick at times, you know what I'm saying? Because you always looking for hope or you always giving somebody the better side of it, or, you know, or, or trying to be open to them and you want to get played a lot in those ways. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't change what. At the end of the day, because I think I work under this thing called a God system. God system. And I think that's how God rewards me in life by being, you know, pure at heart. Like, you know what I'm saying? For as genuine, with, uh, you know, with doing the things that I do. I don't do it for, I don't have a, a motive to try to get something out you for a good deed that I may do for you. You know, let me give you a small example of what I mean by that. I remember growing up in a Magnolia project. And I remember my mama buying me some toys. I was a fortunate kid because I had a grandmother and a mother that tried to do as much as they could do for me, right? So I remember going outside playing with this toy. I think I had a stretch on strong. It's like a little, a little toy that you could stretch all different kind of ways. And they had a little kid that I know that lived in a more poverty-stricken situation than mine. And man, the, the joy I got from just telling that kid you can have it, like you know, like you know, he was like, I, he was like playing with it. I said, you really like it? He was like, man, this much. Your own and I said, I said, you can have it. He said, you lying. But, but to see the joy that was in that kid feel like, you know, he was a kid. I was a kid. We both was about the same age, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm using kid because we was kids. And for that child to be looking like, you serious? It was like, it was more rewarding than me getting the toy for myself. So I was convicted by that from a kid. And that's just how I come up in life. I, I you know, I, I have a joy with giving people things, but when they, when, but when they, when they, uh, when they want, when it's like, like when it's respected or when it's something that people like, you know, they give you back this good, uh, like appreciation for it. That's the reward I get out of that. So, you know, I go through life looking for those, those moments still. It's almost like a high, like, you know what I'm saying? Like from when I got, got that the first time, I look for that in people today. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I have some clothes right now that I want to give away. And my, and my wife always say, well, just bring it to Goodwill. I'm like, no, I ain't going to really feel what I'm looking for. I want to give it to some people. They'd be like, man, thank you. Oh, this looks brand new. Like, I, I like that feeling right. that the person gets from. And I, I feel good being a person to be able to do that. So I just wanted to share that with the viewers. You know what I'm saying? To show them that's, that's, that's the core essence of who I am. And, that, and that's, that's, that's what really turned me on. And, like, that's the joy I get out of those type of things, you know? Right. I like that. Okay. So... Y'all were like, when y'all first kind of started popping in the city, it was like 93, 94, right? Yeah, yeah. We, me and Kango got together like a little after, like I graduated from school in 91. Uh, like 92, we started becoming really the partners of crime group. 93 is when we kind of like uh, got our first deal, you know what I'm saying? Like, or whatever. But like I said, partners of crime. So that's why we be telling people 30 years at, at, at making music, but... 32 plus years or something like that with being partners in crime because we was partners in crime before we started really actually making music. So, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just giving you the real breakdown right. of what it was. Yeah, but 93 is when we made our first record. And I didn't realize that it was 30 years until, I told y'all go to all y'all events. We was at the, the Sidewalk Ball last year. Uh-huh. I think that was last year. You was like, it's been 30 years. And I'm like, damn, it's 30 years for real? Yeah, that's yeah, how. Salute, because <laughs> that's big, you know, Pete, and then y'all a group. I mean, that's 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 a lot. 
That's big. Yeah, people break up, go their own way. Yeah. Uh, we, me, and, me and Kango just had this brotherhood bind that we swore up, you know, like to, just just to keep it one thousand. Like especially when it come down to like this brand that we built. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's both our business. It's both our baby. And it's something that changed both our lives. So we we just made a bind to forever fulfill those those duties to partners in crime. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, a lot of people be asking like, well, how you and part- how you and Kango work out so much? Me and Kango have a lot of differences. We see life a lot of different ways. I we want to do it this way, you want to do it that way. But what works for us is that we somebody gonna lay the facts out. Either Kango gonna lay the facts out. This is the fact. I know what you want to do, but this is the facts behind doing this. Oh, I'm gonna tell them this is the facts behind doing that. So we go with the, uh, the matter. We get out our personal feelings and be like, factually, this is what we should be doing because of this. This, this you know, you're showing me something that's black and white or facts that we could that, that we gotta go this route or we gotta, you know, like so that's what we stand on. Like you know, what I'm saying we stand on those type of principles, and that's what kept us together this long you know because we've both been loyal to the principles that we stand on. You know, right? That's real. Well, around that time, New Orleans was like real hot. We was like murder, crime, all kind of stuff was going on back in the city. And now, 2023, we kind of almost to that stage again where we getting high with the murder. We're not getting, but you know, we again high with the murders. Do you see any differences between back then, 93, 94, to to now? Well, back then it was a lot of uh, murders, but it was mainly behind money. You know, it was mainly behind, you know, uh, turf wars to a level of like, you know, people trying to just really get money, like, you know what I'm saying? And, and people trying to invade different spots to make money in people certain areas. So it was, it was, it was, it was, it was like, I call it turf war because people was just trying to own these certain areas of blocks to make sure that they make their paper. So people was dying from hustling in those areas like you know what i'm saying but today it's like senseless murder you know me and my dude who do the podcast we always talk about murder is murder it's no such thing you know it's bad it's bad or whatever but i'm like nah certain, certain people have reasons for the things that they do but it's well, you know when you come down to right now you ask some of these youngsters what it's about it 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 it, it, don't, it don't be about nothing but i don't like him they from over there and we from over here Oh, he mess with a female I mess with. Uh, it be stuff like, bro, y'all not even gonna remember this girl two five years from now. You know what I'm saying? You don't kill his brother over a girl that you might not even be with for five. You know what I'm saying? So when you get into the the, the deep side of, and, and not saying that it didn't happen in the early '90s, but it wasn't as 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 uh, you know, it, 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 what I'm trying to find a good word for that, but it wasn't like as dominant about those type of things. Like it was mainly over money, but today the murder is mainly over just, you know, for a reputation. You know what I'm saying? Just for the say, we murdered them boys, we killed them boys. Yeah, we, we killed six dudes. Like it's like, it's like a cult thing. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, that's, that's the, but you know, murder have, New Orleans been crazy for years. Like, you know what I'm saying? But the reasons that, the murder is going on is the only thing that I see is different. You know what I'm saying? Like we've always committed murder. We've always been a wild city, but the level, like I said, now is more like it's it's, it's more for clout than it is for money. You know? And they're a lot younger too. Right, and they're a lot, lot, lot younger. Yeah, you you can't. You know what's dangerous about the kids at this time? I can't separate who's who. The good good kids look just like the bad bad kids because they all dress the same. They all wear these hoodies. They all got little all of them look like good kids but they bad kids you know what i'm saying so yeah. separate my my daughter's well hoodies you know what i'm saying and they girls and i'll be like why y'all wear them hoodies it's 100 degrees outside <laughs> i'm like so you know it's like a, it's like a style and everybody with the style and now that the internet out we used to could be like new orleans had their own thing but now the whole world be on the same type time at the same time time so you, you, you can't separate what's what or who's who, and that's what make it a little bit more scarier and dangerous because you treat them all the same when some of them not even deserving of to be shunned off or to be get from around here. Don't stand around you like like you know some of them kids really good kids, but we treat them all the same because they all look the same. You see what I'm saying? That's true. Now, I'm ask you a question. I guess it's a two sided question. I want to say, do you think that? The music kind of influences it, but before you answer that, I know somebody gonna probably be saying y'all had a song too, a, yeah. a bad little drug yeah. song. We are gonna talk about that after, but do you think the music kind of has a big influence on the kids right now? Music always have had influence on people. And uh, 
that's where I feel like we dropped the ball at with certain people because uh, somewhere in, in my generation or generation younger than me, we didn't explain to those people the power of the tongue. You know, we, we, we didn't know, you know what I'm saying? When we made the music that we made, we were just influenced by what was our environment. You know what I'm saying? So we made music that we thought that was cool. You know, you know what the funny part? When I made the song, when we made the, the Heron song, I never was thinking that the Heron song was gonna take off that I was promoting it. I was telling people, it got me spooked and I'm about to go get a gun. Like I, I was telling them the effects of what the drug would do. Not that I was right. even funny, because I wasn't a guy that snorted heroin. I was just a guy that was affiliated with a bunch of friends that snorted heroin. So when right. we, what they doing, it got you sick, it got you looking. So we wrote about it, give me, like y'all, you know, it, it, even though the melody sound like we was celebrating, mm -hmm. it was like really talking from a, a junkie perspective of the song, thinking that that would make people say, oh, I don't want to deal with that. That was just an immature mind with no good leadership. Nobody telling us like, hey man, y'all sound like y'all promoting this drug. Not, 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 you know, we thought we really were trying to off from the drug. So it's amazing that, you know, you know, things go that way, but that's, that's really what I was real, like initial thing was like, you know what I'm saying? We gonna, we gonna, we gonna tell them how bad this drug is and they gonna make people don't want to mess with it. You see right. what I'm saying? And, and instead people wind up wanting to try it because uh, how bad you made it's almost like bad news spread fast well that's the same thing it did with the song it was bad news and it went it, it, it spread it like wildfire and turned more people on to it than all from it from from the way we initially wanted it to go you know right now i might have this wrong because i i think i was about seven i was in second or third grade when that song came out because i remember singing and i remember getting in trouble because they like do you even know what that is i'm like no but it was a nice song but i think i remember the radio Q93 stopped playing that kind of music at a certain time. They would only play like late at night or something like that. Am I wrong? Or oh, that's how it went, right? Hey, come on, late, late, late. Uh, they used to have like at least from 10 o'clock, you know, or something like that, 12 midnight. They'll start playing stuff like that. The same way BET used to do BET Uncut. I thought so. But we had a time limit for that explicit stuff, like, like meaning where the kids should be going to bed, but you know, right. like. That's what that's a big change in the game. I'm glad you brought that up because that was the difference. Like, like we, you know, the songs that the music that we had, you couldn't go in peaches and buy because it had you had to be a certain age to buy. Not anybody can buy music. So that's the change of the times. It's like we made adult music, but it was for adults. You know what I'm saying? Right. And now music is for everybody, no matter how expensive it is, how raw it is, you know, it, it they don't even have radio versions no, no. more. They don't have a clean version. Yeah, the radio gonna make a clean version for it. Like if they want to play the record, they got all, they gonna they pretty much making it now because the artists don't even create it no more. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't even count on radio to really blow them up. So it's just a whole new world right now. Like this is something new. You know, it's, it's something that's been around a little second now, but it's new to to pe people like myself because we come from that. You know, people ask me now, you gonna release new music? I'm like, for what? I don't really know how to make money for it because, you know, these kids that come up into the day, all they know is making music and give it away. I don't come from making music and giving it away. I'm, I come from making music and selling it. You see what I'm saying? So that's a little tough tough thing for me to make music and just say, put it out there and let everybody listen to it for free. And if you make money, you make money. If you don't, you don't. I, 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 it's hard for me to bargain with that because I come from putting my hard work in, putting it out, and people going by. You see what I'm saying? If they appreciate right. it like that, so it's just different. And um, that's 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 the that's the that's the sign of the times. Meaning, like you know, what I'm saying we're into something, and that also be letting you know when it's time to give it up. When you can't get with it or understand it, hey bro, leave it for the young people. Let let, let that be their game. If you can't understand how to make money with it, how to deal with it. And that's why, that's why I choose to back away from the game of creating music like that, because I, I just don't understand how to make money with it, you know? Right. And I remember with the clean version, I wanted the CD. I wanted y'all CD. Uh, and I remember I went to the, to the plaza to get the CD and I couldn't get it. My mama wouldn't let me get it, but just so happened the Lord wanted me with that CD because I went to City Park and somebody, I got in a bumper call and somebody left their whole CD player and the and CD. And it yeah, Boy, look, look, how, look how that's how I got works. my first. <laughs> that's how I got my I first. I some stories about how this music get around to people, or how people come across music or get it, or things that happen from music. Or you know, I was listening to your song and this happened. Or 
I met my girlfriend on this. We 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 first met off of your song. I'd be looking like, wow, you know. So it'd be like these amazing stories, that, uh, and I'm always open to him because they all be like, wow, like I, you know, the way you come across getting a CD. I never heard that kind of story before. So. I, <laughs> Yeah, I'll never forget. I told her. And in fact, when you had responded, I said, man, guess what? And I told her, I said, remember when I found that CD? I had a whole CD player. It was, a whole, it was the little walk with the Walkman, Disman, whatever it was called. The whole CD player, his whole little book. I was uh, happy that day. And I had that CD and I was rocking that CD while my mama wasn't home, of course. But yeah, so that was real. And also, before we get back to, before we get to the book, how was it when y'all had that song? I can't think of the name of it. When y'all was on the box. You remember that video? Uh-huh. Rock, was uh, that Rock the Boat? Oh, let, let the good times roll. One of them, because I remember we, you know, we could never really call a box, but we used to be waiting at the bottom, waiting for the numbers to pop up. Oh, that's PNC about to come on. We used to be watching. How y'all, how y'all really felt like when y'all was on TV and in the radio? Like how y'all felt? Oh, uh, it was honorable. Uh, you know, I, I ain't gonna lie, I, I was big headed at that time. Like I felt like, uh, you know, I could do no wrong. Um, I just felt above everything, like, you know what I'm saying, a little bit. So, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm honest, like, like you know, I'm an honest person. I just be like, yeah, I was kind of conceited, big-headed at that time. Still a good person, but still feeling above everything. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, nobody could touch us. Uh, you know, just felt, su- like, I guess however you would think a superstar would feel at the time. Like, you know, even though we was considered local at that particular moment, mm-hmm. it still felt bigger than life because everywhere I went, everywhere, I, you know, was gone. People was like, oh, that's part of the You know, like, can I take a picture? All that stuff was new to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, people grabbing your pants leg in concerts. You know, girls just, you know, begging, to, you know what I'm saying, to talk to you. It have messed any regular person mind up. You know what I'm saying? So, right. you're young and immature. And, and like I said, not probably having no real guidance or nobody telling you, like, you're tripping or you're doing anything. You know, you come back on the ground or whatever. Like, you know, get back you know, level-headed, but I never treated people bad, like, you know what I'm saying, with it. Uh, unless they tug me or demanded too much from me, then I'll snap. But but, but for the most part, I, I embrace the love. Like, more like, let me take a picture. Come on, come on, you know, until people like, look, look, you know, start handling me and reckoning my car, messing my cool up. I'll be like, hold up, bro, like, hold up, chill, like, chill out. Like, you down, you know, like, now I get an attitude when you starting to mishandle me to get something done for yourself. So, but, but for the most part, I embrace it. And, and all the way up to the day, I, I'm, I'm honored when people, oh, what's up, legend? What's up, kid? It'd be all love. I I, I, I I rock with people. Anybody that ever came across me, I, 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 I doubt if I have any bad, bad stories out there where people are like, man, he snapped me up. He cursed me out. Like, I, I'm just not him. You know what I'm saying? But I did, you know, and it's amongst this, I guess it's the competition of just other artists. I just felt above those people. Hello? Yeah, I felt above those people. I felt above my peers, like the people I had to go against with music. Man, y'all ain't messing with us. We the coldest thing. We the best. You know, yeah, you know, I, I felt like that toward them. But the average person, you know, I I, 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 I didn't look like I didn't look down on them like that. You know what I'm saying? I, You know, I just mainly went against people that thought all my teachers or people like that that told me I wasn't going to be nothing in life. You know, I, I go back and shine on them. Like, you know, like I felt, you know, so that's the arrogant side of what I carried for people that didn't think we'll make it or, or, or didn't think we'll be something. I, I rubbed it in their face. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> as, as you should. But you know, <laughs> you come from like humble beginnings. So right. like, I don't know, like people gonna know this when they get your book, but like when y'all went for y'all deals and when y'all went to the club, y'all was riding on bikes and stuff. Yeah, man. Um, gone toes. We rode bikes. Uh, we used to bum rides to to, to get on the uh, to do the open mic stuff. I remember Kango's sister used to bring us. I had a roommate by the name of Curl. Rest in peace to him. He used to he used to go to Saint Og, and um, he had a car. Man, dude used to be like, man, where y'all going? Y'all going tonight? Come get y'all. You know what I'm saying? So I remember getting my mom call stuffing 10 dudes in it. She had a big Delta 88. I'm like, oh, we going to the club tonight. Everybody get in. We, you know, so, you know, whoever can get their mama call or whatever. Like, we like, like we piling up. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's how we got around until, you know, I was able to get a call. I don't know. You know, I know you probably read in the book where I told Chuck I saved up a certain amount of money and I needed some more money because people starting to know me. Hey, bro, you know, talking about partners and crime. I'm like, bro, I got to get off that bus. You know what I'm right. saying? So, uh, yeah, so, you know, until I, once I got me a car, I just never looked back. 
uh, from that point. It's, it's been called from call to call in, you know what I'm saying? Right. But uh, that first call, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, it come from riding bikes and bumming rides, you know what I'm saying? Catching that RTA. Okay. All right, so what made you decide to write a book? It was something I always wanted to do because uh, it was like something that was on my bucket list. You know, I wanted to add author. I always felt like I was a balanced kid. I, I always felt like I was street smart and book smart. So uh, once I had kind of did what I was doing in music, I was like, I just want to tell my story before somebody else. Before, you know, I'm getting up in age and, you know, people dying every day. And I'm losing friends, everybody dying. Like that, you know what I'm saying? As you get older, you start seeing people leaving. So before my before God called me home, I'm like, hey man, I want to be able to put my story out. Not only for myself, but for my kids. You know, I let my kids read the book prior to putting it out. And they, you know, they was like, Daddy, we didn't even know you. Like, 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 like we learned a new side, like we learned a lot with you. Like, you know, one of my daughters was telling me, she said, This book made me laugh, cry, you know, like, uh, feel sorry for you, uh, you know, gave me understanding of you. Like, all these different emotions she went through as my daughter to know, like, man, you went through this, you, I ain't know you, I ain't know this happened to you, I ain't know, I ain't know you had to do this to get this. So, oh, when you say that, that was so funny. Oh, so that's how this went, you know what I'm saying? So they was learning a lot about me, and, you know, it also makes them understand who I am as their father and where I come from to actually be the way I am with them as their father. So, you know what I'm saying? You know, so that's what the book did, like, for me. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I just felt like I was always prejudged by people of being a high head and, you know, kind of like high temper toward things and, or, 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 you know, or, or, or super aggressive toward things. And I just wanted people to, like, just know who I am and where I come from. And maybe you'll have a better understanding of who, you know, why I'm the way I am. Even though I'm changing a lot as I get older, but, you know, I just wanted people to understand my journey so that they can, um, you know, before, like I said, before I leave, they'll at least have something out there saying, this was this guy who used to rap with this group. You know what I'm saying? This is what he stood for and this is what he was, you know, this, yeah. this, this is his own story in his own words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to tell your story because if not, somebody else going to tell it. Right. So that's real. So what's your favorite part about the story? What's your favorite part about the book? Uh, my childhood. My childhood. Okay. You can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah, my childhood is my favorite part because that was that was the that was the hardest part of, of, of defining myself. Everything else in life came. It just it's like I knew what I had to do to get to you know like that was the most me as a child. I had to figure it out, you know what I'm saying? But as I became a young man, teenager, whatever, I had kind of understood like what the streets was about. I understood the balance I had. I, I started knowing who I was and, and, and the rest became, it was much more easier for me like in life because once I knew who I was, it was just like, I know you ain't gonna, I ain't gonna let you play me. I'm not gonna do, like I knew what I was standing for and I knew I had to move. So life just became like, if I want to do it, if I want it, I gotta go for it. Like, I, like that just became that part of it. but. The younger part of me was like figuring it out. Like, damn, you know, you, you know, you read the book. I, you know, I told, I said in the book, in the beginning, I ain't even know my mom. I told my mama why you took me from the hospital from my real family. You see what I'm saying? Like, I didn't think I was even supposed to be in that environment. So that was letting you know the mindset of me was totally confused. Like, what the hell is really going on? Like, this can't be my life. You see what I'm saying? So once I got understanding of that, like the rest was on me from that point, and it, it wasn't as hard because I knew what I had to do. So that's the best part of the book for me because that was like the most therapeutic part when I had to write it. When I had to go back and feel those emotions of the things I went through. Like, that was therapeutic for me. Like, some of that shit had water in my eye when I was like, man, this happening. Because it's my real life and I'm the one who really was going through it. So I, I, writing it just was, wasn't always like the easiest part right there. But that's why it was the best part because it brought me back. And it also helped me know in this damn time, my journey and where I had been at. I was like, damn, I've been through some things. I ain't, you know, I ain't, I, I must have blocked a lot of this stuff out, you know, through living. But when you go to writing it, you go, you kind of live it again. Living it. In your mind, yeah. So that that's the best part to me, that that that, that portion of the book, the beginning. Do you ever see the, the chick you stole the shoes for? Nah, I haven't seen Vivian, man. And uh, I ain't stole the shoes, I, I bought mean, the shoes. No, you, you broke in somebody's house to get the money to buy the shoes, right? No, no, no. You mixed that. I was breaking the houses, but I ain't break. I had a summer job for her. 
So oh, I had okay. got my first summer job. That was that was when I moved in Howard Grove. So okay. when I was breaking in and doing stealing, I was in I was on Joe's That was on Josephine. My bad, yeah. my bad. So when I moved to Howard Grove, it was more like I, I had got a summer job and um and and, and I had bought a girl some treats. Oh home. yeah, and that's what made the story sad. Are you right? Because you had a job and I felt bad for you because you spent your money on that girl's shoes and then you overheard her talking about you and then you still let her keep the shoes. Yeah, that's my mama's my mama game. That wasn't my game. My my game was bringing back and get my money. But my mama right. game was like, no, kill her with kindness, give it to her, just don't mess with her. You know, and uh, I did that. But that kind of game still worked. I didn't even call it game. Being that type of person made me not Indian giver type dude. It uh it made me uh like brush stuff off in life like it ain't even nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it was good game. Like, you know, I was I wasn't it didn't feel good when I had to do it. But uh, as I got older, like I still applied some of that stuff. Now you can have that, bro. Like that's cool. Right. Like if that's what's gonna keep you away from me, or you borrow some money from me and you ain't pay me, go ahead, bro. That's if if forty, fifty, sixty, a hundred dollars is the reason you ain't in my life no more. Well, go ahead. Like you know, you you eliminate yourself for a real cheap price. So pay me money. Yeah. So that's how I look at it today with people. Like I'm like you just eliminated yourself earlier. You know what I'm saying? But by doing what you did, you know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, there's another part, like, in the beginning, you talk about your mama, and I, like, I have so much respect for the way you talk about your mama, because so many, so many younger dudes have, like, a lot of mommy issues. They'll take some stuff negative, and then they'll just hate their mama for the rest of their life. But you mentioned some stuff about your mama. You say other people might look at it and think she is abusive, but she not. And you love your mama. I never, you never seem any, like, you had any issue with her, and I respect that so much. Like, you, that, that's really that lady was 14 years old, right? When mm -hmm. she gave birth to me. This lady was this lady was, was taught told by all these adults, get rid of that kid. You're a baby with a baby, don't do it. She 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 said, no, you know, I was born breech. You know, my mama, they, they said they didn't have a heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? Like there was the priest coming in there, like, we gotta take this kid. She was like, no, man, my I could feel I, my baby's alive. You know, she fought for me. Right. So you know, like I said, that's therapeutic to me because going back, thinking about that, I was like, damn, man, my mama good. You know what I'm saying? Like, my mama went through it. Like, see, it was so easy to abort me. It was so easy to give me away to, you know, she fought for me. Like, I wouldn't even be here today if it wasn't for this lady bravery of, of just saying, I'm going to go endure that. So I knew that my mama, I knew it then when I was a kid. Her punishments was the, was the, the save me. She was like, you live this project. She saw that I fought a lot. She was like, I'm ready to keep this nigga inside and and, and, and I got to worry about where he at. I ain't got to worry about when I hit him gunshots that my son is out there and it could be him. So I, I I was mad at the time, but as I think about it, I look at it back, back at it, I'm like, man, my mom was just trying to protect me. Like she was just trying to, you know, she was trying to keep me close to her. So, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, when I stole from the store, I ain't have no daddy. So my mama catch me stealing, she put my hand over the fire, like, you know what I'm saying? She making me get on my knees, you know what I'm saying, in the corner for hours. Because she felt like I'd rather be hard on you than, than you go out there in the streets and the police beat you down and shoot you or whatever may be the case. So she she she, she knew, she knew, I knew she loved me and she, and she knew I knew she loved me. So, you know, she she just was doing what she thought was best, you know, you know what I'm saying? And that's why I say some people will look at it as child abuse or some type of brutality, but ultimately. It was just the love of a mother trying to save her son the, the best way she knew how. You know what I'm saying? Right. Back. That's real. Well, yeah, I'm back. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's real. And I, and I have a son, too. And as I was reading, I kind of started, like, feeling. And I was saying to myself, I, I pray that when my son become a man, that he will think like you and actually see that everything I'm doing is to protect him. It's because I love him. It's not because of nothing else. So that's why, you know, I kind of took that part to heart because I'm like, you know, it took a man for you to, you know, to see that and, and you know, respect, you know, respect you. Right, right, right. You can tell how you talk about your wife and your girls. You love your girls. And I, I love that. That's 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 real. Yep, yep, yep. I was raised by a lady, a woman, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of my ways of seeing things come from a perspective of a woman. Like my mom was a she was a little soldier, like, you know, uh, you know, she was a woman, like, you know what I'm saying? She, you know, my mama, my mama, my mama got a virgin broke at a young age and she she didn't have sex again until she was 19 years old. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and she she provoked that on me. She had me scared 
to have sex. Even if I used a rubber, I was looking like, oh, I hope this girl ain't pregnant. You know what I'm saying? Because she <laughs> right. had told me, you put your little thing in something, you make a baby, like like that. You know, and she was like, that's how it happened to her. So, you know, you thinking that's how it's gonna happen to me. So yeah. it had me scared, it had her scared. And um, we had a brother-sister relationship. So she she was open with me in them 70s and them early 80s when nobody was really open with their child. I was a kind of kid that my mom would be like, Michael, tell me what happened. When other people used to be like, moms used to be like, you ain't got no voice. You can't say nothing. Adult, you can't tell an adult they did nothing wrong. You can't say that they, I, I wasn't like that. So, you know, my mama did give me a little freedom to speak and, 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 and have a voice. And no, you know, even though I called her Diane, and wasn't calling my mom. She, I used to be like, Dan, I, I, you know, he did this or this happened. You know, I, I was able to tell her what it really was, and that's the kind of. Really, so that's what taught me with my children. I, I give my children a voice. Like, tell me how you feel, even if it's gonna hurt my feelings. You know what I'm saying? Even if, tell me what you don't like about me, so that I can work toward being better toward our relationship. You know what I'm saying? Because you got a right to have feelings too. So, you know, I started smoking weed because my daughters told me they didn't like how it smelled. Wow. And it smelled like roach spray. And, I, and I'm moody. And I said, well, you know what? It ain't worth y'all relationship. I got to cut that off because I don't want to be looked at like that um, with y'all. You see what I'm wow. saying? I love right. y'all unconditionally. So I don't want to be looked at like that person. You see what I'm saying? Right. All right, so as we, we come into the, the end of the interview, All I right. have two questions for you that we're going to talk about when it's about a book. So my first okay. question, of course, you know, I got to, you know, what I said, police all day. All right, so the first question is, if you could pick one favorite PNC song, what's your favorite PNC song? Uh, My favorite PNC song, I got to be, uh, I like a lot of them, but... Uh, my favorite PNC song probably is uh, "Move Around." It's a song that y'all probably don't know. Move around, it's just, a, it's just I like it. You know what I'm saying? So that got to be one of my favorite ones. Uh, we going to, we going to the third world. Yes. Like I like that one a lot too. But uh, I like a lot of parts of the kind of music. Uh, but those, those was one of my favorite. Even when creating it, just the whole vibe of it. Uh, I, it, it brings me back to time, like time in the studio, you know, what we was doing at that time, like the vibe we was on, the energy that was around us. So all that be playing a part with why I like the song because people don't know what's going to making these songs, you know? Right. Now, I'm going to say this. I, one thing I feel bad for these children and like anybody 30, I'm going to say 30 and up, they could probably understand what I'm saying. But these poor children these days don't have dances and stuff like we used to have. So they'll right. never know how it feel to hear when that song, when that, when that beat drop, and then uh, Kago start singing, if you want to see those popping, making wiggle, like them little beats. Yeah. Like the yeah. way that they used to turn. Like the breakdowns, the yeah, the breakdowns to it. Yes. Like, yeah, to set it up, to set you yes. up, to set up. Right, right, right. Them children, they'll never, man, that's, I, that, that's one thing I feel bad. My kids will never know how that feel. They hear that song and they cut up. Then the one with Weeby. Right. Man, that song was fire. All right. And my next question, which is my uh, favorite question I ask everybody, is if you could go back in time and talk to 17-year-old Michael about and talk to him about life, what would you tell Michael? I would tell Mike, man, um, first of all, go ahead and get your degree, education, like, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, life Life, life don't always go the way you plan. You know what I'm saying? And you, you might want to have, you know, you might want to have a skill level, or not even just a degree, but go ahead and get you a skill level that you can always count on that that that, that can that, that that you can do that can take care of you and your family. And uh, you know, and uh, what else? I would probably tell him. I would probably tell him to, um, man, stay on the straight and narrow. You know, uh, they don't have no shortcuts in life you know what i'm saying you 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 know you, you, you those shortcuts don't do don't do number bring into a brick wall really like you know what i'm saying and you wind up right back on a, until you get on the street now that's the only way you know what i'm saying that you're gonna really get to where you really really trying to go you can make all these cuts and curves but you it always bring you back to a spot that's gonna bring you back to the street now so if you can just stay on the street now brother you're gonna see a lot of stuff it might be a little slower than what that was 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 going around you but it's going it's, it's for sure and it's going to get you there and, and you're going to have a lot of peace 
and less stress. You know what I'm saying? Like if you just stay on this straight and narrow. So that's that's what I would tell a 17-year-old me, you know, if, if if I was able to talk to myself back then. Okay. All right. Any regrets in the music business? Any regrets in what? In the music. With your music career. No, I don't have no regrets. Uh I feel like everything went the way it was supposed to be. Even if, like people say if I could fix, you know, I they saw cash money blow up, they saw no limit blow up, and it was like, man, you know, if you wouldn't have did with you know, if you wouldn't have had a disagreement with these guys, you could have been on with them. And I say, nah, bro, I said, uh, those things that I had a problem with, that was the rightful way. I stood on the right side of that. I wasn't wrong for saying what I did what I pulled to get up. You know, I, I didn't do nothing wrong. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I you know, I wasn't talking to it. To, to bite my tongue about stuff that I really stand for. So if it was going against my moral, my, the moral person that I am, or my morals that's within me, then I shouldn't been that. Like you know what I'm saying? So nah, I don't have no regrets in the music. It went the way it was supposed to go. According to crime, still here today, working the way that God wanted us to work. Because I always think about it like this: if I'd have received the money and the fame at the time that was offered to me at that time, I wouldn't have my wife. I wouldn't have my my, my kids and those things are priceless right now you couldn't give me all the money in the world to get rid of her or them you know what i'm saying if you tell me i give you millions and millions and billions of dollars if you just cut her off and cut them off and, and we'll give you all the money in the world i wouldn't take it so i I'm, I'm rich right now i got i got i got what i need you know you see what i'm saying like right. i got the most valuable things money couldn't even buy that for me so I'm, I'm I'm in a good place. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not messed up. Like, cause that's really what people can say what they want to say, think what they want to say, but that's honestly how I really feel. You see what right. I'm saying? And you got your little grandbaby too now, huh? What she called? I'm a little grandbaby symphony, you know what I'm saying? It's just all those things are priceless to me. So I I I I I don't regret any of that. It went the way it's supposed to go. And um, you know, even when I look back, you know, I'm like, man, that's what I knew. You know, if God didn't want me to know that. He wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been instilled in me and i would have been i would have been naive to it and it, and it went the way it went just like other things that happened to me that i was naive about you see what i'm saying so right. you know i'm trying to I, just let it, messed up. and i don't think no other group lasted as long as y'all anyway so i definitely think y'all did things the right way y'all stood mm -hmm. on principle and that's why y'all still around today right right so I, I you know i thank you i thank you for even taking the time i, I know we're plan to do this multiple times never could get to doing it and i'm glad that we finally able to get to do it and i'm glad that you wanted to highlight the book the way that you're doing you know what i'm saying that's big for me uh i respect anybody that's you know what i'm saying like trying to help you know what i'm saying elevate you know what i got going on so i appreciate you for putting on your platform and taking the time out to to, to read the book and ask these like great questions that you ask because not too many people ask me these type of questions so this is some good stuff you know good i appreciate it and um so i do want to talk about the book i forgot to say we forgot to tell them we have a giveaway because we're gonna be giving away one of mr mina books right i'll be giving away you want to ask you want you want a question you want um to ask them um uh, what, what question I, I thought you would probably had the question um, oh. because you, I don't know. I would have thought you would have had the question. All right, this, this is what I'm gonna do. When I put when I drop the video, I'm gonna put in the caption. I'm gonna put a question, and the first person to respond is going to get the book. We're gonna do it like that. We're gonna do that. Okay, I take it. All right. Okay. So, um, let them know how they could buy the book. I forgot. Well, they could buy the book. I got a I got a website. It's called Shop Graffiti. So it's spelled S H O P G R A. F E E T E E dot com shop graffiti right and but but if people want to get it from Amazon Barnes and Noble Walmart you know what I'm saying it's on all those type of sites as well you know what I'm saying I, I just prefer them to come to me directly because that make them people don't have to get up get in my pocket you know right. all those sites want them to take some of your money and they want to take a nice little chunk of it so if people but however people prefer to spend their money go ahead and do it it's still all benefit beneficial toward getting the book out there and sold right. but if you want to help me the way the best way the best way is to go to my site get it from my site and um you know we'll go that route with it but it if you catch me on the street if you're in new orleans and you catch me on the street and you want that autograph one i'm doing an autograph one because i keep some on me 
So you can personally catch me anywhere. I keep them books with me. You know what I'm saying? They own me. So uh, you see me in Walmart, you see me anywhere. Mike, you got a book, me and you got a book. Yeah, we walk me to the walk with me to the car. I got it for you. You know what I'm saying? So and I autograph it for people. And um, like I said, I appreciate the love, man. This 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 is a new journey for me, a new venture. And um, I just appreciate how everybody's been embracing the book. I'm also gonna be coming out with an audio book soon. You know, uh, I just take a little time, but I'll be coming out with an audio book for people that don't like to read. They'll get to mm -hmm. listen to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. And okay. oh, you gotta tell them about the shirts. Listen, all that's on shopgraffiti.com. Run that PNC. See, I, I made that shirt like that because people say that we was like the run DMC of New Orleans, like meaning like, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So with them saying that, I took the concept of run run DMC and just put like how we talk. Run that PNC. You know, that's how we talk. Uh -huh. Man, run that PNC for me right now. DJ, run that PNC. So I just told it the way that we talk, our lingo, the whole nine and the classic look of the Run DMC concept. So that's pretty much what uh, I put out there. And that's what, that, you know, that's what I, that's, that's how I come up with the concept for the gift that Run That PNC to the people, you know? Right, all right. So if y'all order from the shop graffiti, the book come fast. So don't think it's gonna take all day. Cause I got my, I think I got my, I bought, I got two, but I think one, the one, the shop graffiti and my shirt came for my Amazon book. Um, right. We definitely gotta autograph mine. So remember here is the book, I learned a lot about it they even have like they gonna they gave me a whole history on bounce that i didn't even know i learned a lot in this book and and i couldn't tell y'all everything because i want y'all to read it but i promise y'all this is a good book it's gonna it's sad happy and i forgot to tell a funniest story in the book is when y'all did the concert in lafayette we did the concert in lafayette. and y'all was pretending like y'all was jubilee oh when we had to play like we was jubilee yeah that's how we got first got paid <laughs> That's our one of our first page shows. So yeah, so see we got all kind I'm telling a lot of great stories that people wouldn't know. And did you know that before you read the book? Never knew that. I never like I never knew any of this stuff. Like and I when I read I'm telling you, I read it because you know I told you I first I wanted to do the interview. I said, let me read the book because I wanted to read it, but I'm so happy I did because you gotta like you have a very interesting story. You're getting paid to fight people. I'm telling y'all, y'all gotta read this book because y'all gonna look at Mr. Mean in a whole nother way. Like, like you know. You right, right. I, I appreciate. I, I really appreciate that. You know that uh, that you like that. That was a good read for you, like that, and um, that you you know cho choosing to talk about it and speak on it to the people about. It. Like I, I'm really honored, you know that you that you went that route with it. So um, I thank you again, man. I I, I, I I'm, I'm I'm proud. Like you know, sure. um, my glasses are. Oh, all right so we to the end of the show i thank y'all so much for tuning in make sure y'all follow and support this this untold story of an unknown legend and i don't know why he say unknown because he's a legend everybody know him i i, I thank you for this um let me like, tell you, you why i call it let me tell you why I say, let me tell you why i call it the unknown legend go ahead the reason why i say i'm an unknown legend is because in my city, I'm considered a legend, but I've been around the world. And a lot of people don't know me for the same level that the city may know me. So I, I was looking for people that look at me outside. They'd be like, I, could, if I call myself a legend. They'd be like, who is this dude? So I call myself an unknown legend because I might not right. be known to you. But you get into my story, you'll understand why my city called me a legend. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? So every, that's every... why it's considered un unknown because I, I was thinking about people outside of the city more than people inside the city. Don't forget to tell them about the podcast. Oh, look, we got a podcast that we do every uh, Tuesday and Thursday. It's called No Rap Cap Podcast. I co-host with my, my partner, Gary, and my other partner, Tama. Uh, man, we cut up. We go in. You know, we talk that talk. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want y'all to uh, check it out. Uh, it's called No Rap Cap Podcast. It's on YouTube. And like I said, every every Tuesday and every Thursday for 7 p.m., make sure y'all tune in to us, man. We, we, we acting a plum fool on it. And it's they saying a lot of this saying a lot of stuff. So y'all really, especially right now, y'all gotta go watch because they got a lot going on right now. Right, 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 right. <laughs> All right, but again, thank you so much, Mr. Mina, for doing this for me. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for listening. And if the law say the same, I'll see y'all next week. Remember to like and subscribe.